109. Inception. 87. 88. 89. What are you doing? Amelia asked. Rain paused, letting his arms fall to his sides. He looked at her, ignoring a meaningless twitch from Linkside. I still need to figure out what that's supposed to mean. Just one more thing for the list. He shook his head. You haven't seen someone do burpees before? He panted. He picked up where he'd left off, trying to keep himself in the proper form, as he transitioned from a squat into a plank, then a push-up. Actually, no. I'm not surprised, Rain gasped, completing the exercise with a jump. 90. They suck. I've just got a few left. Don't mind me. Amelia watched him in silence. 91, 92, 93. They don't look that difficult, she eventually said. You aren't even using weights, just the armor. Wait. She peered closer, narrowing her eyes. How many points do you have in strength right now? Twenty, Rain answered, not stopping. Though in terms of effect, it's more like six. Ninety-five. Ah, Amelia said. I keep forgetting how weak you are. Okay, ouch. Ninety-six. Amelia gestured at the swarm of coal lurkers piling up against the barrier near where Rain had decided to do his workout. They were climbing all over themselves, too stupid to realize that they couldn't get to him. You know we're going to have to fight our way back to the city, right? Or were you thinking I was going to deal with that on my own? One hundred. Thank fuck. Rain had to stop himself from melting to the ground. Instead, he walked in a circle, flapping his arms, then stopped to take a long drink of water from his canteen. I'm training by the barrier. On purpose. So they gather, he finally managed. He put his arms on his hips, struggling to catch his breath. You need a minute? Amelia asked. Rain shook his head, waving her away, and taking a few deep breaths. He tried again. I know we're going to have to fight, but it's fine. I think Razor Spine stops spawning. Anything else won't be a problem. Watch, he gestured to the barrier. Immolate. The innumerable coal lurkers that had collected burst into flames, practically blinding him. There were a few startled shouts from behind them, but no flaming spider bits made it into the lee. A few secondary explosions indicated that there had been slimes buried in the pile as well, a fact that Rain's interface confirmed a moment later. You have defeated coal lurker, times 126, level 2. 3,150 experience earned. You have defeated Cold Lurker Broodlings, times 181, level 2. 4,525 experience earned. You have defeated Slime, times 14, level 1. 350 experience earned. Huh, there were more of them than I thought. That's hardly fair, Amelia said, waving an arm through the barrier. Rain grinned, still breathing heavily. Isn't it great? Hey, question. Do you ever stop getting experience from monsters and stuff? 
he gestured mostly to give himself some time to get a lungful of air. That was like 8,000 experience, even though there was practically no risk. What even is experience? Also, is there an official classification for monster types? Slimes and co-lurkers are both worth the same, even though co-lurkers are a higher level. Amelia laughed. I missed you, Rain. You can barely breathe, and you're using all of your air to ask questions. Yes, it will stop eventually. According to the guild, co-lurkers are fodder class, the weakest, and slimes are one step up at lesser. After that, it goes minor, normal, greater, and elite. What about reaper class? That's an unofficial name, though most elite monsters are also classified as reapers, so it hardly matters. You'll hear people call different kinds of monsters things like turtles, magi, strikers, and so on. The unofficial terminology varies, but it's pretty self-explanatory. Ah, Rain said. His breathing was slowly coming under control. He used a quick blast of Purify to clear away some of his sweat. So, back to my question. Does experience from weak monsters fall off when I reach a certain level or something? I'm level 18. I'd have thought I'd have stopped gaining experience from slimes ages ago. Amelia shook her head. It's based on total experience earned from a particular type, or maybe number of kills. Type? So, like... Slimes in general, or slime slimes? Slimes in general, I think. Cool. But why, though? And what's the limit? Amelia shrugged. Hi, I've never hit it. It's more of a gold plate problem. Rain snapped his head to the left, peering into the black smoke that the barrier was holding at bay. Detection had just fired following his preset pattern, returning an unexpected signal. What is it? Amelia asked. There's a chemcrest in that mess. Only one, but it's something. Uh-huh, Amelia said. Rain, we should probably get back to the city. Yeah, I know, Rain said, glancing over to where the others were having breakfast. They were far enough away that he wouldn't have to worry about being overheard, as long as he spoke softly. Starvo was trying to fish what looked like a spoon out of Dozer, the slime seemed to enjoy being a nuisance. Listen, Amelia, I want to talk to you about... Well, he hesitated, looking at her. What are you going to do now that the barrier is open? I was going to stick around to help with the evacuation, Amelia said. After that, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll go to Belost, get away from the war. What about you? I... Rain hesitated. Damn it, just go for it. I want to form a party. A real one. Not just a one-time thing. You, me, Tallheart, Jameis, maybe Cartan and Val, if they're interested. Amelia looked away, rubbing at her elbow. I don't do parties. Not official ones. And Tallheart's not in the guild. Why the hell won't they let him join anyway? Rain asked. Policy, Amelia replied. She didn't sound any happier than Rain did. The guild is for humans only, according to the rules. It used to be different, I think. Fucking racists, Rain said. Speciists? Whatever. Yeah, Amelia said. 
the guilds got some problems. Fine, whatever. Not a party then. I want us all to stay together. And if the guild won't let me form an official party, I'll form an unofficial one. I've been thinking about it since last night. Some sort of, I don't know, mercenary company or something? A what? A company, Rain suggested. Mercenary is probably the wrong word. It implies that we'd be fighting other people. I just mean something like what I had going on in the baths. I'm not sure what you mean. I mean, Rain sighed, rubbing at his neck. I mean a big group of people traveling together, living on the road and making their own fortune. Like bandits without the banditry. Awakened and unawakened both. Okay, Amelia said, still looking confused. Why would you want to do something like that? Rain sighed. I need to be stronger. That means I have to go find lairs and stuff. But I'm a support, so I can't do that on my own. I thought that's what the guild was meant to help with. But if they won't let Tallheart join, well, I don't want to abandon anyone. Amelia didn't look convinced, but Rain just shook his head and plowed on. I don't want to leave without Tallheart, obviously. But they're the workers, too. I feel responsible for them. You've met Vanna. If she joins, then a lot of the others would probably come with her. She's a good leader. Damn it, I'm rambling. And you get the point. Look, Amelia, we're friends, right? Amelia blinked at him. Yeah. And friends stick together, right? Will you help me start a company? Rain, Amelia said gently. You're going to have problems if you try this. People aren't going to just... He paused, shaking her head. I'm not going to just... She stopped again, sighing. I don't like to get tied down, Rain. Please, just consider it, Rain said. I can't do it without you. Amelia closed her eyes, a pained expression crossing her face. She turned away, looking up at the sky. Amelia. Rain cut himself off. Damn it. I'm being selfish. She isn't going to want to babysit a whole bunch of unawakened. I came at this the wrong way. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Amelia sighed, then turned to face him again. She held out her hand, and a tiny speck flew into it. It took Rain a moment to recognize that it was the chemcrest he'd sensed earlier. She showed it to him as she spoke. Why do you think the workers are going to join your company? Are you going to pay them? How? Who is going to volunteer to live on the road, risk starvation, death and poverty, rather than just settle down in a new city? Rain shook his head. I can figure all that stuff out, and that's not the point. The point is getting stronger together. If unawakened join, we awaken them. If we find a high-level blue, we work together to take it down. Just like that. Just like that. Rain nodded. I'm not sure it's going to be easy, but with you and Tallheart, we've got to start. Eventually, it should become self-sustaining. Nobody has to stay if they don't want to. Amelia sighed, tossing him the chemcrest. You're talking about founding your own guild. Rain scrambled to catch it, then nodded. I suppose I am. And you think the real guild will just let you do that? 
No, of course not. Not if I frame it like that. Look, at first we'll be small enough that they'll ignore us. The guild doesn't try to stop nobles from awakening their children, do they? This is the same damn thing. Eventually, if the company gets big enough that they start having a problem with us, well, we can figure something out. By that point, I mean to have a secret base and an airship at the very least. Amelia sighed. What's an airship? Wait, never mind. Not important. Fine, let's say you try this. All of your workers, friends, join. Then what? We just take the teleporter through to Jaro and start doing our jobs? Rain shook his head. No, I don't want to go to Jaro. I was thinking Vestval could be our first mission. What? Amelia said incredulously. Now hold on, Rain said. Look, you were there yesterday when Dunch was explaining. Anyone who uses the portal platform to get to Jaro or Southgate is basically signing up to live in the DKE. The Watch can't do anything about it. There's no platform in Vestval, but we can get there the normal way. So you're going to just lead a bunch of unawakened on foot through a ranked zone in winter. How many times did you say you hit your head in the fight with the racer's spine? Ha ha, Rain said. But look, Tallheart will come. He's not going to want to just go to some random city in the DKE. If you come too, I think we'd have a shot. And besides, there's a good reason for going to Vestval. There might be survivors there, depending on how badly they got hit by the shift. Amelia paused, then glanced at Jameis, who had his back to them. Rain nodded. Jameis's family. Exactly. We have to talk to Talhar first, before I talk to him. I don't want to get his hopes up. Once we get to Vestval, we check for survivors, then come back here, or even head east through the wilderness. It's a long way to the coast, but there's another free city over there. Three cliffs, Amelia said. And city isn't the word I'd use. It's a smuggler's port. Doesn't matter, Rain said. Lots of people who are living in Felsidanus were probably here for a reason. They aren't going to want to go to the DKE any more than Tallheart is. What I'd really like to do is bring them south, into the Badlands. That's where the essence monsters are. Amelia laughed. Oh, you are definitely insane if you think people are going to want to follow you into the Badlands. She held up a hand before Rain could reply. A rescue mission into Vestval is a reasonable idea. You should have started with that. I'll come with you. Just not if you're trying to escort half of Felsadanis there. After that, well, we'll see. Yes, Rain said, resisting the urge to hug her. You won't regret it. Reason shivered as the wind cut straight through his coat. There was no protection from the wind atop the barricade that surrounded the Lee, and his black jacket had been designed for theatrics, not protection from the elements. The high collar only did so much. I should get a cloak made in the same style, lined with fur. Another gust of wind blew, and Reason pulled his jacket tighter. At least, Takarmak was warm. Okay, I'm here. What did you want to talk about? Myth said, hauling himself up over the edge of the barricade. Would it have killed them to have made stairs? 
I want to talk about our plans, Reason said in Vegic. Ah, yes, we should, Myth said, switching to the same language. Obviously, we are not going to be able to stay here, Reason said, gesturing to the frozen wasteland. The water only tolerated our presence because this was a city first and a stronghold second. If they're running it as a fortress, they won't want outsiders hanging around. Plus, our shop exploded. So there's that, said Myth. Reason nodded. Where then? A good question. Do you think we could try to Carmac again? What the heart desires, the body must provide, Reason quoted, then shook his head. You remember what being in the Ten Thousand was like? If we could earn a place in the Thousand, then maybe. But do you really think we'd fare any better this time around? It isn't like we've gotten any stronger. Myth sighed. The DKE, then? Reason snorted. Do you want to be a slave? Because that's what would happen once one of the citizens got wind of a pair of unaffiliated crafters. It might not be so bad, Myth said. If we found the right citizen, then... No, Reason said. I am my own master. The DKE is off the table. You say that, but I'm not hearing any alternatives. We need to leave the continent, obviously. I was thinking Belost. What? Myth said. He lost his footing on the unsteady barricade and had to windmill his arms to avoid falling, though he recovered quickly. We can't go to Zugara. You know how they treat people like us. Reason shook his head. I didn't say Zugara. I said Belost. There are other cities in the continent, not just the City of Lights. Yes, but will it be any better? Myth asked. I don't know much about the smaller cities, but being so close to Zugara, they might hold similar opinions. We will have to risk it, unless you want to try Relagia. No, Myth said. We barely escaped as children. They'd kill us the moment they realize we're awakened, which they would the moment we set foot on the continent. I'm not convinced that rumor is true, but regardless, I agree with you. Thus, Belost, even if we must deal with some unpleasantness, who knows, it might not be as bad as we've heard. You saw for yourself that not all guilders are so close-minded. No one in Felsidanus has given us any trouble. Yeah, but we haven't exactly made an announcement about ourselves, Myth said, pulling his own jacket tight. It was a white mirror image of reasons, and thus no warmer. Neither of them had any other clothing, it all having gone up with their shop. We've been discreet. People can tell... Reason said. He gestured toward Rain, who was busy speaking to the silver plate, Amelia. Rain figured it out, and we've only spoken with him a few times. He doesn't seem to care, but he's definitely noticed. What makes you say that? Reason shrugged. 
he made this face like he'd solved a puzzle. It was after he brought Cloud to us. I know he doesn't care because he didn't treat us any differently afterward. That's hardly proof, Myth said. Reason shook his head. Not everyone is as oblivious as Melanie. Myth snorted. Melanie knows. Be careful who you call oblivious, genius. She does not know, Reason said. I'm quite sure of it. Seriously, Myth said. Stop messing with me. There's no way you haven't picked up on how she keeps smiling at us whenever we're together. She even winked at me once. Whatever, Reason said, exasperated. We're getting off topic. Will you be willing to try Bellost? Myth chewed on his lip, looking back at Felsidanis. What about the Southern Isles? Hmm, perhaps, Reason tilted his head. I do not know much about them. I believe the merchant is an islander. He has an islander sword, at least. We can ask him. Still, we would have to go to Belost anyway if we wanted to book passage on a ship. Myth sighed. Fine, Belost. Good. Now we just need to figure out how to get there. Reason shook his head slowly. We're going to have to start over. Again. Their life savings had been in the shop, just like everything else. They hadn't gone back to search through the smoking crater. There wasn't enough chemical resistance in the world to deal with that. Not even the toxic moss was growing there. Perhaps a tell or two had survived, but realistically there wasn't much point in attempting a salvage operation, even if they could get Rain's help. We can't afford international teleportation, It'll have to be a ship. Reason laid a hand on Myth's shoulder, squeezing lightly. He gestured back at the fires with a tilt of his head. Let's go back. I'm freezing my ass off. After Rain finished his conversation with Amelia, she had agreed to create a distraction so he could talk to Torhart without Starvo and Jameis interrupting. Almost everyone else was gathered around the cook fire, still finishing breakfast. Myth and Reason had been on the barricade, and were just now on their way back. Torhart was doing something over by his smelter, though he was supposedly on watch. Okay, everyone, Amelia said, clapping her hands as she and Rain joined the group. We're leaving soon. Before we do, let's have a little fun. As you saw Rain demonstrate, the barrier won't block magic. So I propose a contest. Anyone who has a ranged spell, come over here. We're going to work on our aim and thin out the monsters a bit. Big coal lurkers are one point, slimes are two. If you hit a stamper, that's three. Just hitting them is enough. Don't waste mana trying to kill one, and it won't count more than once. Yay! Ava yelled, rushing over to Amelia. Careful, Ava. Amelia said. It's dangerous. I don't want you getting hit by... Oh. Rain smiled. Ava had launched a firebolt, nailing one of the slimes that had arrived to investigate the burnt remains of the monsters he'd broiled. I'm winning, Ava declared. Ava? Mlem shouted, his voice stern. She didn't say you could start. What have I told you about playing fair? Rule 54. 
Avoid playing fair, Ava recited, launching another firebolt. This one missed. More monsters were rapidly approaching, including a mid-sized swarm of coal lurkers. Ava, Mlem shouted, getting to his feet. That rule only applies to real enemies. This is a contest. A contest I'm going to win, Val said. He'd rushed over to Amelia almost as quickly as Ava had. He raised a hand, blasting a hole through a slime. Two, we are dead. Mlem puffed out his moustache. Puh, fine, he shouted, drawing his sword and charging for the barrier. I'm playing two. No going through the barrier, Amelia shouted. Heeding her rule, Mlem stopped short of crossing the barrier and started slashing through it at the swarm of coal lurkers that had just arrived. What are the little ones worth? Mlem asked. But before Amelia could reply, Val shouted, interrupting her. Yeah, did you see that shot? I got it right in midair. That six for me. Nuh-uh, Ava shouted. That one was mine. You stole it. Uh, Jameis, Melanie said. Why can the little girl throw fire? There's no age limit on awakening, Jameis said. Though most nobles elect not to awaken their children until they're a little older. Otherwise, he shook his head, raising his voice. Mlem, have you taught your daughter the proper safety? Don't think he's listening, Jameis, interrupted Carten, having finished strapping on his shields. You coming? Carten, Jameis began, but the big man was already stomping toward the barrier. He took a wide stance next to Mlem, then started smashing the edges of his shields together through the magical wall, taking huge bites out of anything that came too close. It was surprisingly effective, like an angry, bearded, horizontal Pac-Man. He seems like he's back to normal, Rain said to Jameis, gesturing to Carten. That's good. I was worried. Hmm, Jameis said, glancing at Melanie. Melanie laughed, holding a squirming cloud. Go on, I don't mind. She turned to Vanna. Want to make a bet? Jameis or Val? Who do you think will get more? Hmm, Vanna said. No bet. Val's not really trying anymore. He started missing on purpose. Look. Besides, I don't know how anyone's going to verify the count in that mess. He's planning to let the little girl win, Starvo said, setting down his bowl. Don't figure him for a softie. There, food's done. Time to show these youngsters what's what. He turned, walking toward the barrier. He didn't draw his sword, clearly planning on using magic. I'm not losing to a little girl, that's for damn sure. Rain shook his head. Amelia used challenge. Critical hit, it's super effective. He walked in Tallheart's direction, seeing him watch the commotion. I kind of feel bad for the monsters, honestly, he said. That barrier is really unfair. That makes you a softie too, Vanna said. They needed something like this. It's payback. I just wish I could join them, she tilted her head. You know what? No, I am joining them. She got to her feet, grabbing a burning branch from the fire. Rain, 
Melanie said, catching his attention. She was also climbing to her feet, having released Cloud, though the overlarge puppy was still safely tied up. Keep an eye on Cloud. Hmm? Rain said. Melanie ignored him, following after Vanna. She stooped to pick up a rock. Cloud started whining and pulled at his rope, trying to follow after her. Rain sighed, removing the rope from the stake where it was tied. The dog immediately tried to pull it out of his hands. Hey, cut that out, he said, gently reeling Cloud in as he closed the distance. After a brief struggle, he managed to scoop him up into a fluffy bundle. At least Dozer's not making trouble. The slime was busy cleaning the dishes, content to ignore the chaos. Rain watched for a moment to make sure Amelia had everything under control. Myth and Reason had descended from the barricade and was standing next to her, clearly having decided to watch rather than join in. How would an alchemist fight? Or a chemist for that matter? Bombs? Amelia glanced at him, then smiled and made a shooing motion. He nodded and started picking his way over to where Tallheart through the scattered remains of breakfast. Rin, Tallheart said, greeting him as he approached. Hey, Tallheart. Got a minute? Tallheart rumbled assent. Watching the chaos, Rain thought he detected a hint of amusement on his face. But it might have just been his imagination. He snorted, confirming Rain's suspicion. She should have known that this would happen. She did, Rain said, adjusting his grip on the still squirming dog. Ugh, this guy is pretty heavy. Damn burpees. My arms are like noodles right now. I'm not sure she expected it to work as well as it did, though. I asked her to create a distraction so I could talk to you privately. In retrospect, I probably should have just told everyone to give us a minute. Hmm. Anyway, Tallheart, I know you probably don't want to go to the DKE, so I was wondering if you want to come with Amelia and me to- Yes, Tallheart said. There was a knock at the door, and the guardian looked up from the report he was composing for the warden. He hid the fatigue from his face, concentrating on the public persona of the unflappable commander that he maintained in public. Enter! The door opened, revealing Officer Bartom. Dunnett set down his pen, raising an eyebrow. What can I do for you, Officer Bartom? Greetings, guardian. I would like a moment of your time to discuss a few things. Of course. He gestured to the chair in front of the desk. His office had belonged to one of the sentinels. He wasn't sure which. From the look on Bartom's face as he entered, he suspected that he'd known the former occupant. Bartom closed the door behind him before taking a seat. He took a deep breath. It's about the Gilder Rain. Have you considered his request? I have, Dunwich said, keeping his tone level. Officer Bartom was protective of the bizarre Gilda. Unfortunately, fixing his paling is not something that I would be able to do. Nor could anyone for that matter. He will have to repair the damage himself. Bartom frowned. And you're not going to tell him how? Correct. Dunnich said. Soul manipulation is esoteric knowledge. The required technique is restricted even among guardians. 
He held up a hand as it looked like Bartom was going to react poorly. I passed your request on to the warden. She has agreed to consider it if the Gilder consents to a full mental scan. She is very interested to know how a bronze plate managed to tame a magistral artifact. As am I. She wants him brought to vigilance, then? Bottom asked, still looking like he had a bad taste in his mouth. No, Dunwich said. She extended an open invitation. She hopes that he'll come. But it's not a command. He reached into his pocket and removed a plate stamped with the watch's emblem. It appeared physically identical to an officer's plate, except that it was made of steel. Grand arcane steel, technically, instead of bronze. This is for him. Oh, Bottom said, relaxing. I thought I was going to have to fight to get him one of those. Of course not, Dunwich said. The Gilder saved countless unawakened and returned Felsidanus to our control, and he did so before even asking for a reward. We haven't given anyone one of these for dozens of years, but if that level of contribution isn't enough to earn one, I don't know what is. May I? Bottom asked. Dunwich nodded. And Bottom picked up the plate. I've never actually seen one of these up close. Only the diagram of the signature that I used to train my students. He turned the plate over to look at the back. Marvellous. Hmm, said Dunwich. Even unbound, the signature laid into the metal was clear to his eyes, thanks to reading. As it would be to every member of the watch. It couldn't be faked. That was the point. Once it was bound to the Gilder, the pattern would take on the flavour of his soul and serve as irrefutable proof of his identity. It would mark him as an ally, trusted to look after the interests of the powerless. It was the closest an outsider could come to joining the watch. So, that mean we're going to let him stay? Bottom asked. Rain's skills would be particularly useful for charging the teleportation platform, not to mention his cleaning spell. Dunnett shook his head. No, we have both issues under control. The bottleneck on teleportation is in Jaro anyway. The DKE is making a fuss. Regardless, Rain will have to leave along with the rest. Once the evacuation is complete, all non-watch names will be removed from the access list. No exceptions. And if he doesn't want to go? Dunnage raised an eyebrow. Is that likely? Bartim shrugged. I don't know. He doesn't act like a normal gilder. That he does not, Dunnage said. He'd only spoken with Rain briefly, but that much was clear. His description of the artifact's interface had been completely incomprehensible. He shook his head, returning his attention to Bartom. I will leave it to you to manage the situation, if it arises. He reached into his pocket again, retrieving a second plate, this one made of silver. He offered it to Bartom. I was going to do this formally later, but since you're here now, this is for you. You're being elevated to Sentinel, effective immediately, though the expedition will have to wait. Bartom looked stunned. Wordlessly, he took the plate. 
his overwhelmed gratitude clear in his expression. Dunnich's mouth twitched, betraying the barest hint of his real emotions before he schooled it back to impassivity. He does deserve it. I would hate to have been stuck in this backwater for as long as he has. He cleared his throat, maintaining his level tone. My responsibility is to protect the barrier stone and to oversee the construction of the citadel. The evacuation is yours. I found a way to grant access to everyone currently within the dome, so there should be no further issues of that nature. We will discuss the permanent leadership structure of the Felsidanus Citadel at a later time. For now, you are my second-in-command. Thank you, Guardian, Watham said. I am honoured to accept. Don't thank me, Dunnage said. I just gave you a pile of responsibility and none of the power to back it up. You're going to be in charge of the Sentinels from Jaro until we get this all sorted out, and I expect that they won't be pleased about the situation. However, I believe that the officers native to this city should have a commander that they know, and you have proven yourself capable. Bottom nodded. Yes, sir. Good. Here's your first headache. I need you to get rid of those bloody bankers without causing a diplomatic incident. The thing with the ex-gilder was bad enough. To think that we had her in our grasp and didn't even realise. He shook his head, relying on his training to project the proper level of annoyance. It went without saying that he was controlling the emissions from his soul. Martin would get nothing from him. And because they will, ask. No, there is no way I'm letting one of their recovery teams in here. Rain grunted, moving a shovel full of earth. He was helping Tallheart with the smelter by digging a temporary channel for the outflow. They were getting set up just inside the south gate to prepare for their expedition. Jameis and Melanie were nearby having a private conversation. Starvo, Myth and Reason were slightly further away, having a slightly less private conversation as they argued about the design of a new generator. Their argument was also confusing as both Myth and Reason were speaking in mystical mumbo-jumbo. Much to Rain's surprise, everyone who'd come out to the Lee had agreed to join the expedition to Vestval, once he'd explained his plan, including the formation of the as-yet-unnamed company. The others were off gathering supplies and, in Vanna's case, recruiting volunteers. He hadn't expected Myth and Reason to join, let alone Mlem, but there it was. What am I going to do if other people want to bring their kids? Damn it. I'm getting a headache already. How many people can we take? Should I set a limit? How do I pick who gets to come? Hello, Rain, Bartim said, interrupting Rain's thoughts. I need to talk to you. Rain looked up, wiping his forehead. Where did he come from? I need a more specific version of detection already. Hey, Bartim. Uh, look, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say who did it, but it was an accident. We didn't mean to set the gatehouse on fire, and we put it out as soon as we... Bottom waved him away. The fire didn't spread, so don't worry about it. The walls are hardly going to be important in a few days anyway. Dunwich is preparing the foundations for a citadel, that we will construct around the barrier stone and the teleportation platform. Everything else is going to be leveled. Oh, 
Rain said. He paused, tilting his head. That explains the tremors I've been feeling. Did you bring through some stronger earth mages from Jaro? Yes, Bottom said. Anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk to you about. The expedition? You're not going to stop me, are you? I did hear a rumor about that on my way here. But no, I'm not. In fact, you have my provisional approval. I don't like the idea of settling people in the DKE either. I'd send some officers with you if I could, but it's a long road to Three Cliffs. Okay then, what? Belatedly, Rain realized that Bartom had a silver plate around his neck, not bronze. Bartom, you got promoted. Congratulations. Thank you, Rain, Bartom said, looking bemused. He smiled, holding out a small, black, lacquered wooden case bearing the watch's emblem. So did you. Rain took it curiously, opening it to see a metal plate like the silver one around Bartom's neck, though the metal was darker. His link sight twinged at him, telling him that there was something unusual about it. Rain was distracted from further inspection by what Bartom said next. You are now something of the watch. Congratulations. Rain tilted his head. Uh, something? I don't know that word. Bartom nodded. I'm not surprised. It isn't a common honor, he cleared his throat. In normal conversation, people call us watchers. But it should be keepers, properly. The full name of the watch is the Vigilant Order of Watchkeepers. If you are not aware, something is another word for keeper. But it is less... Mm, a keeper takes ownership of the things that they are watch over, while a something merely maintains them and ensures that they are kept in good order. To be a something is to be an ally of the watch, but not a full member. Rain blinked, gratitude mixing with confusion. A horrible realization came over him as the correct word for what Bartom was describing popped into his mind. Great. Now I'm not just the night cleaner, I'm the custodian. <laughs>